0: the trenches of life. You are faced with pressure every day. Family, work, community, all demanding a peace of life. Fatherhood is war, but you continually battle for your soul and the souls in your family. It can feel isolated and exhausting, but there is good news. You have a heavenly Father. Because of Jesus, you can be strong, courageous, you can be an intentional father, living with purpose. This is what you are meant for. You will make an impact. You are not alone. Welcome to Dad in the Trenches, a resource for biblical truth, challenge, and encouragement for Christian dads in the trenches of life.
1: So, gentlemen, thank you for joining me today. This is Aaron here at Dad in the Trenches. Uh, we are live at a conference, and I am joined by today's guest, Israel Wayne. Israel is an author, conference speaker. Uh, he's been guest on radio and TV programs, featured in international and national publications. Uh, his, his aim, he is here to defend the faith, promote biblical worldview, and I'm really excited. He's uh, agreed to just sit down and talk to us about fatherhood, Christianity, and... Um, To just be here on down the trenches. So, Israel, without further ado, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Glad to have you.
2: It's great to be on your podcast. Looking forward to it.
1: So, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, current work, family dynamics.
2: Okay. Well, I was born into a Christian publishing family my mother started a Christian publishing company in 1988 and then right out of high school I was homeschooled and right out of high school kinda making that decision of whether I would go to college or not um, decided that what I wanted to do was work in marketing and uh, thought about going to college and getting a degree for that but it just so happened that my mother had applications uh, and was putting out a request for uh, employment at a local college in our town uh, looking for people who wanted to learn how to do marketing for her publishing business uh-huh. and it just hit me one day like okay so I could go to college like these guys are pay a whole yeah. bunch of money get a degree and they get hired by my mom or <laughs> I could say hey I think I know how to do this because I grew up in it and I'd <laughs> like to have this job so uh, I started right out of high school as a um, Director of marketing for her publishing company and learned a lot on the fly. Yeah. uh, But never regretted skipping the college route, which was kind of controversial, I suppose. But uh, have worked in that field really for the last, whatever that's been, 26 years. And um, then about six years ago, I resigned from that position and went full-time into writing and conference speaking because mm-hmm. I had started um, keynoting conferences as far back as 1995 okay. when I was 19 years old Yeah, and enjoyed it and had written a couple books, but the demands of the publishing business were such that I had so little time to be creative, to write, and to speak, and I just felt like I had so many things I wanted to say. and mm-hmm. I Just... There comes a point sometimes where you just feel like, if I don't get this out, I'm going to explode. And so I went (laughs) full-time into writing and speaking six years ago. And uh, a little bit scary, you know, because I didn't have, like, an economic safety net to catch me or anything like that. Mm. You know, it's either going to work or it's not. Right. Uh, But by God's grace, it's been great and these have been the the best six years of my life Um, just being able to commit full time to doing what i'm doing and uh, this year i'm in a different state speaking at a conference every weekend except for Easter memorial day because nobody books (laughs) conferences those weekends but every other weekend i'm in a different state speaking then after that we do parenting seminars marriage seminars uh, christian apologetics conferences cool a lot of family camps and i do pulpit supply a lot for churches just doing sermons
1: Um, Tell us about your family, family dynamics.
2: So my wife and I just celebrated 20 years of marriage. Yeah, congratulations. And we have 10 children. Okay. Hope hope nobody wrecked their car just now. (laughs) Uh, It's one of the dangers of listening to podcasts and driving. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Uh, so <laughs> we have 10 children I'll repeat that in case you thought you, you heard it wrong uh, they're, and, and yes they're all ours and uh, uh, one, one marriage 10 children same wife there you go. Uh, 20 years in a row <laughs> and um, we have no twins and we, we ha- haven't adopted they're they're okay. all biological yeah. um, and so anyway but my oldest is 18 18 and he's working right now um, trying to figure out what he wants to do with his life sure. and he's working about four. 40 hours a week right now, so he's keeping very busy, and uh, this is the first road trip that we've ever gone on without him. Okay. Well, well, by that, I mean, you know, major road trip where we're gone for weeks at a time, and and so I feel like we kind of hit empty nest, like he still is in our (laughs) house, but we hardly see him yeah. cuz he's just gone all the time working and and he runs sound at our church so he's gone you know 6:30 in the morning on Sunday yeah. and you know, it's it's like we just hit empty nest like all at once and yeah. we weren't really sure we were ready for that but <laughs> that's been a blessing just to see him becoming his own person and yeah. um and so we have the other 9 with us on the road wow. uh and they they are uh, 17 down to 4 months yes and so i'm trying to do the whole balance of of being a good fun dad which I don't know how to do real well and <laughs> well, uh, especially
1: when you're road tripping <laughs> oh man it's
2: rugged like people go oh that must work. be so wonderful because they say we love to travel as a family but most people when you travel as a family you vacation
1: Yeah, because like, I work, work. Yeah. and so
2: yeah. you know there's just so many ways where it's, it's not easier to yeah. travel with your family but it's good right yeah. and it's important and it's what we're doing and we you know, we love it in moments and then other moments. One, one of my books that I wrote is called Pitching a Fit and it's just very anecdotal and autobiographical <laughs> stories from the road. <laughs> you know, it's uh, that that book, the subtitle is uh, overcoming angry and stressed out parenting. And hey, there you go. But you get lots of opportunity to like, create new material for sequels right when you're on the road there might be a
1: follow-up book
2: (laughs) (laughs) i actually found myself saying do you want me to come back there while i was driving right the other day i was just like when did i become my dad yeah (laughs) how does this happen anyway that's awesome oh man um so talk a
1: little bit uh more just you know your background um you know in your experiences regarding you know a father's role in your life fatherlessness and then also just the fathering of god through through all that as well
2: yeah, so my story is complex. Um, maybe not for a lot of Americans, but within the evangelical subculture, you know, we always kind of expect stories to be squeaky clean and, and look good. Well, increasingly, that's just not how hardly sure. any of us are. But right. uh, my parents divorced when I was six, okay. and then my mom remarried a guy who was not a Christian, and uh, my mom didn't become a Christian until I was twelve. Okay, um, but she married a guy who was not a Christian when I was six. And for the next nine years, from six to 15, I lived with this really physically abusive stepfather Mm. and basically saw everything not to do as a husband and not Mm. to do as a dad and just, you know, lived with constant physical abuse. And that really defines who you are as a person. It shapes your view of masculinity and manhood and, again, marriage and parenting and. Uh, there's a proverb that says to note an angry man and stay away from him lest you learn his ways and become like him. Right. And uh, I've learned that anger is communicable. Mm. And so it's been really f- amazing to see how God has taken me on a journey to learn not to be like my stepfather. Right. And it was something I was very committed to before I ever got married and had children because I'd read all the statistics and I knew the probability of me repeating the cycle and those who are abused tend to abuse right. and all of that. And so I really had to get a hold of some principles in Scripture that would help me to learn how to overcome that addiction, really, yeah. of anger. And um, my dad and I had a good relationship when I was little. But from the time I was 6 to 15, I only saw him one weekend a month. So it's just not a lot of opportunity to yeah. have positive input in my life. Yeah. And then after I turned 15, like, I didn't see my dad again in any meaningful way for 23 years. Okay. And so, you know, there was this absence of a father in my life. And I would say due to circumstances more than anything, you yeah. know, I'm not putting blame on my parents or whatever. It's just life happens and, sure. you know, it's how it, it's how it goes down. Yeah. Um, you know, and I want to say my, my mom and my dad in their own ways were really as good a parents as they knew how to be yeah, Um, and and gave me a lot of foundation that taught me how to become what I needed to be. They couldn't necessarily do it for me but they could point me in the right direction. Sure, I don't know if that makes sense. Absolutely. But I I learned how to be a good husband, how to be a good dad from knowing God.
1: Yeah.
2: You know, as he revealed himself through the scripture and and just his relationship with me and, and how he related to me as a father, um, that was my model. Yeah. That's what I had to work from. Yeah. And um, So it's ironic that my ministry now is called Family Renewal because mm. growing up our family would have been you know, least likely to be nominated for mm. having a family ministry. Yeah. And yet what I found, and you, you know this and our listeners who know the Lord know this, yeah. that God never allows us to go any, through any difficulty or pain or struggle he doesn't plan to fully redeem for his Amen. glory, yeah. for our ultimate good, and then the benefit of others. And Amen. so um, I'm much more intentional, I think, as a dad now yeah. because of what I live through. Yeah. Um, I, you know, had I grown up in the perfect evangelical bubble, you know, maybe I would have taken things for granted. Yeah. You don't have to, but, I, yeah. you know, this is the path God led me on. And We all have our story. We all have our journey. Yeah. But I, I would strongly encourage the listeners that you don't have to be defined by your experience. Yes. You know, we have uh, a Savior who restores and redeems. Amen. And that's what the gospel is about.
1: Amen. <laughs> So, in your your book Full-Time Parenting, I love you, you talk about the uh, basically the unraveling of family mm-hmm. and the family unit, and that being a primary vehicle of society and sure. of, for the Lord really since the Civil War. Yeah, um, I'd like you to just it was it was really it's almost a great history lesson in a yeah. sense would you talk just a little bit about that walk us through some of the major milestones along the way kind of your take on where we are sure um you know even a session you were in earlier just talking about uh, in, in regards to that and kind of one of the outflows is you know we're now at a place where we're training our kids to be humanists mm-hmm. more than christians mm-hmm. and so you know maybe kind of Lead into that too.
2: Yeah, I mean, we had so many shifts after the Civil War, and part of that was that there were 600,000 men who died. Yeah. And so you had this massive fatherless problem, and mothers ended up having to leave the family farms. We shifted from an agrarian society to an urbanized society. Mm-hmm. Um, the industrial revolution that happened after the Civil War, the reconstruction and rebuilding, yeah. you know, produced these factories, and you had all of a sudden this mass culture where you're mass producing cars. Henry Ford started all that, yeah. and the, the cotton gin, and you know all of the uh, great breakthroughs of technology and innovation that allowed for. Um, just the mass production of everything. and around that same time of the Civil War, you had a, the introduction of a, of a new mass education system mm-hmm. which had never happened before. Prior to the Civil War, almost everyone was either homeschooled or was taught in parent-led K through 8 schools mm-hmm. that had maybe 30 students or less. Right. And so you didn't have these big industrial complexes where you bust children in and right. have them sit in classrooms of thirty to forty students, all the same age. And the industrial revolution really brought that about. Mm-hmm. But but the factory, the uh, urbanization of America, um, mass education, government institutional education, it really took parents, both mothers and fathers, out of the home. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the the government is really raising children and. You know, teaching them, and parents are now spending 30 minutes or less a day in meaningful interaction with their children. Yeah, and so you have a whole society of young people who are being raised um, not just by people who aren't their parents, but many times by values that are not the values of their parents. Right. Whether that's through systematic instruction in the school, you know, for 10,800 seat hours between K-12, or you know, sociologists tell us um, the average young person consumes a a, anywhere from about twenty to twenty-five thousand hours of electronic digital media before they graduate high school. Wow, I mean it's insane. It's yeah, just an it's enormous technic. amount of, of electronic media, and so they, uh, you know, they are being taught values that are not their parents' values and and that are anti-Christian, mm. really, uh, f- through the government school system and the media. You know, through movies and video games and music and. You know, George Barna is probably the leading researcher of all things evangelical, and mm-hmm. he's done some studies on media consumption of evangelical Christians and mm-hmm. found that uh, I'm pretty sure it was like 8% of evangelical Christians have a different media palette than their non-Christian friends, mm-hmm. which means like 92% of all Christian youth are watching the same movies, listening yeah. to the same music, have exactly the same media palette as their non-Christian friends. Yeah. So they're just getting bombarded yeah. with, you know, the world yeah basically and the parents approach to fixing this is oh well we're going to have them in sunday school for an hour a week yeah and then when they get old enough we'll have them in youth group for an hour a week and that'll fix them right and that's not working we're losing 70 percent of our youth pew yeah. research and barna group both say that 70 percent of all young people raised in christian homes leave the faith somewhere around their high school graduation or before and um so my mission, my goal is mm-hmm. to try to strongly encourage parents to take responsibility for the discipleship of their own children, because you can't expect the church to do it. In fact, I mentioned this in one of my sessions here, but there's not even a, a scriptural command for the church specifically to teach children and youth.
1: Hmm.
2: You know, we so think, well, that's the church's job, but the church was never given that responsibility. There are dozens and dozens of passages in scripture where parents yeah. are commanded, to teach and instruct your children. Yeah none to the church to teach and instruct children and yet we expect the government to teach them the academics and we expect the church to teach them a biblical worldview it's not working if you want your children to know the Lord and to understand and think from a biblical worldview you have to take responsibility for that and if you don't it's probably not going to happen
1: yeah so that's a great lead-in, even just to the next question I had of talking about father and father's role as the spiritual leader in his family. So you know, important. Hit us with, yeah, you know, some of the your key points on. Hey, I'm a dad in the trenches out there listening. I know I'm lacking in this. What do I? What should I change? How should I shift? Um, lead us down that path a little way.
2: Just a few thoughts on that. I mm-hmm. was a volunteer chaplain for six years with my county juvenile center. And I was working with these teenage young men who were the worst of the worst. Mm. And they're incarcerated for crimes and so forth. And where in my county, where I live in Michigan, um, I was trying to look for some kind of demographic cause for or commonality that I could point to with these young people because they were, they didn't fit a stereotype. So they were multi ethnic, they were some of them urban, some suburban, some rural. Uh, from all kinds of different religious backgrounds, we had a lot of churchgoers. Yeah, uh, I'd say about 70% of them were raised in church. Huh. Uh, it was it was an odd thing. I got to the point where I just would even ask them, "What church do you go to?" As opposed yeah. to, you know, "Have you ever been to church?" Yeah. Um, and I couldn't find anything that was a was a, a commonality that you'd expect. Like even economics. I mean, we had rich kids in there,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and they were there for stealing. Right? They don't need anything, and yet they're arrested because they steal. So finally, I started this informal survey where I would ask them this question. I would say, what's your relationship with your dad like? And I found that in six years of asking that question, you know, maybe 300 or more young people. I only remember two that said they had a good relationship with their dad. Interesting. And so what I concluded from that is if you have a good relationship with your dad, you don't go to juvie. Hmm you know and these guys their dads were either just totally non-existent from their life or maybe they never met their dad or their dad was abusive or they had an abusive stepfather or mm-hmm. or some of them just their dads are works, workaholics right and so so i did that you know for 6 years partly for me mm-hmm. right because i thought man what do i need to learn from this right um, what do i need to take home so that my children don't end up as a statistic here right you know? and Mother's Day, and you know this people who do prison ministry say the same thing. Mother's Day, cards, visits, uh, mom, grandma, they're there for them, right? Yeah. And they have relationship, they have connection. I Man, Father's Day, nobody shows up, no cards, nobody mm. writes, nobody wants to write their dad, just total disconnect. Huh. And I think there are so many societal indicators we can point to right. that show the relevance of the necessity for a dad yeah. being involved. And there are situations like mine where because of life and the way things work out, it just is what it is, and you mm-hmm. have to find a way to make do. So God's grace is there, thankfully, mm-hmm. in situations where a dad doesn't have the capacity to be who he wants to be in his children's life. Yeah. And I would even say for you, know, you dads who... Um, are divorced, and you know you're the visitation dad, and all that. Man, don't underestimate the power of influence you have mm-hmm. in your children's lives. That's a good word. Yes. Uh, because if you're the, the sanctifying spouse, perhaps in this relationship, man, yeah. you still have power. You still have influence in your children's lives. So don't minimize that. Absolutely. Um, one one other thing that I'll share on that dad point, I was reading an article years ago uh, while well, I was getting an oil change, I think, and on the coffee table they had a copy of either Popular Mechanics or Scientific American or something like that. and Mm -hmm. It was a a survey they had done among school children, a couple thousand school children who went to public school, and they asked them, what's the most important academic subject that you could study? And they said researchers were surprised to find out that all 2,000 students gave the exact same answer. I thought, no, that doesn't sound right. I mean, not all students are going to like history or math or English or whatever. So so they said, do you want to know what it was? And, of course, I did. So I kept reading. And they said, it turns out that it is whatever subject their dad helps them with in homework that these children understand enough to know that dad has limited time. Mm -hmm. And if he's going to take his time and focus on math, for example, the children assumed math must be the most important subject. Interesting. Or if Dad chose history, then history must be the most important subject. Yeah. So I read that, and then the next Sunday I was at my church having a conversation with a guy who was probably in his late 50s, early 60s, after service. And he said, you know, Israel, one thing that I'm really proud of is, he said, our family's had a tradition, something that's really brought us together, something we've always enjoyed, that we've always done. He said, that's sports. And he said, we're a sports family. I'm a sports fan. He said, I raised my children in sports. They played every sport. We watched sports on TV. Uh, we had season passes to every game. Mm-hmm. And basically, you know, if you could throw it, hit it with a bat, you know, hit it, hit it with a stick, something. We were into it, man, any kind of sport. And he said, now my children are grown. My grandchildren, they're all in sports. They play sports. They, you know, We're just a sports family. And he said, I'm so proud. All my children, all my grandchildren. It's one thing we all have in common is mm. that we're all really into sports. And, and usually on a normal day, I'd have said, hey, that's cool, man. But having <laughs> just read that article, I was thinking, man, this guy was successful in passing on the one thing yeah. that his children must have come away with. Like, this is really important. Yeah. And I thought, is that what I want to do as a dad? Mm. You know, is that what I want my children to think? And you know, we can prioritize things just by the time that we spend on it. And do we want our children to think that television or movies or or fishing or hunting or whatever it is for us, sports, whatever our thing is, our hobby, our you know thing that we enjoy? Do we want that to be our emphasis? And so, one thing I decided to do early on, even though it wasn't modeled for me was um, to do daily family worship with my children mm. and to open up the word of god and teach them from the scriptures every day mm. and i think homeschooling my children and doing daily family worship are the two best things that i've ever done as a dad yeah um i do a lot of things really lousy as a dad like i said i don't <laughs> know how to have fun that's hard for me um, but those two things i've really prioritized and i can't tell you what a incredible power for influence that has given me in the lives of my children. Mm. And you have to buy influence mm. when they're little. And I found that the two most powerful forces for influence are time and affirmation. Mm. You have to spend more time with your children than anyone else in their life.
1: Mm. And
2: you have to affirm them more than anyone else in their life. And if you do that, then you will be the most influential person in their life. Yeah. And so you got to figure out, how do I buy influence? And yeah that's hard and that is your mission should you choose to accept it so for our <laughs> listeners you got to figure out how do i buy influence by buying time yeah. and affirmation yeah
1: totally that's great okay. as we talk about just fatherhood and role of father, um, talk about the role of uh, being the dad as it comes to discipline. Um, we actually, in our household, implement, implemented one of your ideas of the discipline chart. Oh, wow. For
2: my full time parenting book. Yeah. Yes,
1: to take the pressure off of my wife to have to be in the disciplinarian so that dad deals with it yeah. and I'm leading in that regard in, in this spiritual discipline and the sanctification of my children so mm. talk us through that what is how did you come to that and, and the purpose of that and how
2: that helps us be a dad that came from my study in scripture as i was doing a very exhaustive study in preparation for full-time parenting yeah um i noticed that there were no passages in the bible where god ever commanded a woman to discipline a child interesting and i'd never heard that i've never i still to this day i've never heard anybody else write on that or say that <laughs> But it's clear. I mean, like all the passages that relate to discipline are either stated generically or in most cases, it's specifically given to fathers uh-huh. in the Old Testament and in the New Testament and Hebrews 12 being a great example. And so I was thinking about that and I was pondering that, trying to figure out, okay, so what does that look for me as a dad who goes to work, right has gone eight to 10 hours a day, comes <laughs> home, how can I be in charge of discipline? And I remember I came home one day, my wife was... Um, we had a new baby. We had a six year old, a four year old, a two year old, and a baby. And I'm just going to tell you that is critical mass right. in parenting. Um, that I is have, in the
1: trenches. I have
2: <laughs> 10 children, and it is so much easier for us parenting 10 children than it was for four wow. at that age. Way easier now. <laughs> See, what people do is they do the math, you know, and they think, well, just multiply that times two and a half. Well, it's not like that. I have four teenagers now. Right. And I sometimes tell these frustrated moms who are just at their wits end with like three little ones, Uh you know, they're like, oh, I just barely making it. And I go, well, what if you had three teenagers who came over to help you do housework, to watch the little ones, maybe helped you to get a nap or you could get some housework done or they could do the housework or whatever. Would that be a blessing to you? Would that help you? And they'd be like, oh, that would be wonderful. That's like unthinkable. And I'm like, well, that's just my reality, right? Like we're totally winning at life now. Uh, The key is you just have to train those little ones out of work, right? Right. Anyway, that's the background to this. So I walk in the door after a hard day at work, and I I look, and I see this look in my wife's eyes that tells me, like, you had better be careful what comes out of your mouth next. (laughs) It did not look good. And she said to me, "Your children, <laughs> your children are so disobedient." And I knew it was bad because they were now my children. Right. right. And so yeah.
1: she's she's not uh, claiming them at all. No. At all. <laughs> and so I'm
2: praying internally, going like, "Okay, God, just please don't let me say the wrong thing here." And so she said, "You know, your children do not listen to me. They do not respect me." I give them instructions and they just do the opposite. I could fuss with them. I could discipline them all day long and I would mm. just get nowhere. And she said, what are you gonna do about this? <laughs> and I said, man, I don't even know. Like, I, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Just give me some space. Let me think about it. Let me pray about it. Yeah. And I had seen that scripture was giving me the responsibility and duty to oversee this, but I didn't know how. Yeah. So as I prayed about, it, thought about it, I came up with this idea of the discipline chart. And I wanna run a disclaimer. I'm pretty firm when I teach uh about separating between you know this is God's law right and this is something that worked for me right uh because those are not the same sure. and something that worked for me may not work for somebody else totally and there may be no value for yeah. you in this at all but we like I like to say take in the meat spit out the bones yeah so totally. so this may be helpful it may not this is just something I, I did and That's it great. worked. Um, so I created this discipline chart, and I put it up on the fridge, and it was, I told my children, I said, okay, we're going to play a game, and it's called Three Strikes and You're Out, <laughs> and so there was this chart, had their name on the side, and then there were these three boxes next to their name, and I said, if you disobey your mother, you disrespect your mother, uh, you d- don't do what you're told, you defy her, you're going to put a little an X here beside your name in uh-huh. box number one. Uh, or you'll initial it, depending on how old you are. So i got six, four, and two here, right? i got these guys, and I'm pep-talking them. I said, so, you know, six, you're going to put your initials here. Four and two, you're going to put an X or whatever you're capable of here. Um, If I come home and I see an X in box number one, you don't get dessert after dinner. Ooh, I mean eyes got big right <laughs> like, whoa does he really mean it is he serious you can tell their thing so then i said now if i come home and i see two x's which uh-huh. means you've done this twice in the day you're going to lose a privilege like you're not going to get to listen to an audio story when you go to bed mm-hmm. so that's something they really loved you know they right play these audio you got to find the right lever sure. yeah exactly whatever so like, works you get them. no you get no audio story yeah they're like whoa you know you can tell it's like <laughs> the hammer's falling and i said now if you come home and there's three marks there then dad's going to discipline you and you're not going to like it yep. and they're just like is he for real? is this <laughs> really going to happen? and so I came home the next day and went, well, let me back up two things first of all I told my wife don't go past three. We're just going to do three, three right. maxes out. Because otherwise, like, we, we probably would have X's like all the way around the you refrigerator several times. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> We're not doing that. But I said, also, they get past three. You just tell them, dad's going to deal with you when you get home. Yeah. And I want you to take stress off. I don't want you fussing with them. I don't want you fighting with them. I'll take care of it. Yep. And so I came home. Oh, and the other thing was I said, now two-year-old will not remember when I come home what two-year-old did. So you're gonna have to deal with two-year-old during the day. But six-year-old, four-year-old, they know what they did and they'll remember (laughs) and so I'll take care of it. So I got home, they'd maxed out the charts. I brought them in the room I said, look, you guys, you get no dessert, you get no story and dad's gonna give you a spank. And I'm not doing this because I'm angry at you. I'm doing this because I love you and I need to teach you how to obey because you have to learn how to say no to yourself. Hmm. And that's one of the most important things your mom and I can try to teach you is how to say no to yourself. And you don't know how to do that. You don't have the capacity to do that at this point in your life. So we have to train you with that. And so I said, and I'm going to do this every day. When I come home, I'm going to check the chart. And if there's three marks, this is what's going to happen. Because I think it's important for children to know what to expect, not to have erratic behavior from mom and dad. And I said, I will always check the chart. I will never forget. And I will do this every day of your life until you're 40. (laughs) And they're like, whoa. Now, they don't know what 40 is. It's just a big number, right? right? (laughs) Sounds intense. (laughs) It sounds intense. (laughs) So came home. And would you believe I did this for two weeks? Every day, come home. They've maxed out the chart. And I started to get demoralized by it. (laughs) I'm like, seriously, guys? I don't want to live like this. Do you guys enjoy this? I don't enjoy this. And I told them, I'm like, wouldn't you rather us do something fun? I come home at the end of the day. We go to the park. We go get ice cream. We play a game together. We read a book. We do something. I don't like this. Is this how you guys want to live? (laughs) But I said, it's your choice. And I will do this every day. And I will never forget. And I won't let up. And I won't get tired. Because I love you guys so much. But your mother is my wife. And you will not disrespect your mother. You will obey her. And finally... After, I think it was somewhere around three weeks, I came home, and they hit two, mm. and nobody hit three. And I was like, what happened? And it's like they slammed on the brakes. And finally, um, they went for like a month, and I think only hit three twice.
1: Yeah.
2: And it just revolutionized our family. And it wasn't because we had a chart, and that's what I want to differentiate. There is a yeah. biblical principle, and the biblical principle was I needed to be in the driver's seat regarding a discipline, and I wasn't. Mm-hmm. And so that's the part that is scripturally sound and scripturally based. The mm-hmm. discipline chart was just a tool. Yeah. Somebody else might come up with something that works far better for them. Um, and I don't have a product to sell you or anything like that. <laughs> but for me, I just needed some kind of a mechanism to get me back in the driver's seat on discipline. It yeah. made a huge difference. And so when, now when I'm home, I always do discipline. 100% of the time. And my yeah. wife never has to do discipline when I'm home, um, when I'm away. Um, I use the discipline chart if I'm you know I I work in my house now so it's a little different like I'm accessible during the day but that worked well for me and I've had times where I was in Japan speaking at a conference 13 hours difference i in the middle of the night I got a Skype from my (laughs) wife and she's like you need to talk to your teenage son oh boy and we've had that, right, as yeah. dads, you know? And so you're still the dad. Yeah. And I was like, do not make me get on a plane and fly home to Michigan. I will if I have to, but don't make me do this. You listen well, you are gonna respect your mother or I will make life miserable for you when I get home. And so, you know, and my kids know I love them, you know, it's, and I tell them verbally and I affirm it and I show yeah. them. You know, so it's not like my kids yeah. walk in terror of dad, but you know, yeah. there's a sense where you know, we gotta defend our wives and we gotta let them yeah. know that, you know, we're we're the dad and that means something.
1: Yeah. And we even when we think about discipline we've had the conversation with our kids too, of like, big picture, like why do we obey? Yeah. Well it's you're training yourself to obey us, but even more when God talks to you and he reveals something to you, when he asks you to do something, step out of faith, like you're you're obeying yeah. him as well there's a training for spiritual things in totally it's so good thanks for that What encouragements would you have for dads in the trenches right now? You know, hit us with—you've already been hitting, hitting a lot of this with us, but, you know, guys that are struggling to get their spiritual feet under them, to yep. be the dad, that kind of thing, you know, what yeah. encouragement would you give dads?
2: You know, there's a I mentioned this, but there's a product that I'm going to recommend, and it's not mine, um, but da- for dads who have never done daily family devotions or mm-hmm. family worship, there's a new book out by a guy named Dale Mason— And it's called the 10-Minute Bible Journey. Mm -hmm. And it covers uh, 52 lessons. It's an overview of the whole Bible from the Old Testament through the New Testament. And it's laid out specifically for dads who don't know how to do family devotions or family worship. It's an incredible resource. Sounds Um, awesome. It's it's published by Masterbooks, masterbooks.com. The guy who wrote it, Dale Mason, is on staff with a ministry called Answers in Genesis. Okay, uh, he's their director of publications there, and he's now a grandfather. He was a dad, now he's a granddad, and he just felt like you know so many dads didn't have this modeled for them mm-hmm. about how to lead their family in daily worship or family discipleship. So he wrote this resource. It's it's literally 10 minutes a day, mm-hmm. but in 52 quick lessons, we we went through it as a family. Um, you go through the whole overview of the Bible, and so yeah. your children have the big picture. Yeah, it's a wonderful place to start. Yeah, you know what I do is I just open the Bible and read, you know, a chapter or something like that, and sure. then we talk about it and discuss it. it. It doesn't matter what you do; it's not the method, yeah. it's not the product, it's not it's not how you do it. It's that you do it. Yes, if you do five minutes a day, you're ahead of the game. That's yeah. the consistency. It's doing it and being consistent with it. And so I understand it's difficult, but I just like that resource because it's so turnkey yeah. and it just guides you. So here's what you do. You yeah. read this. You have a scripture passage that you can memorize together or, or just read some study questions and mm-hmm. then you're done. And, um, and And I think that's really important, just even 10 minutes a day, just to get in the practice and the habit of doing that. Um, it's transformational and it yeah. shows your family that this is something you prioritize. Yeah. You know, and they see us as parents prioritizing Facebook and Twitter and, and Netflix and movies and all that and video games. Even I know a lot of dads spend way too much time on that. Um, you know, they see by our example that this is a priority in our life mm-hmm. and they don't see that the word of God is a priority. They see us go to church once in, once a week,
1: mm-hmm.
2: but, you know, that, that's not going to be effective in discipleship so I know that sounds simple and it sounds like you know well maybe he's making a big deal out of nothing it's not nothing it's a massive part I think of the discipleship of our children is prioritizing the word of God on a daily basis it's one of the most important things you can do as a dad
1: Yeah, amen amen well Israel I just want to say one thank you for taking the time out of your busy conference schedule first day it's packed awesome for you to join us i know this Glad is going to be awesome for for dads um we're going to do some giveaways of some of your books so um you all be on the lookout check out our instagram and i'll post that stuff link you guys over to israel um and we're going to do some giveaways for some of his resources as well so really appreciative uh, for his time um tell us so two things one tell us how can our listeners further connect with you yep um and what you're doing you know social media handles website all that stuff
2: sure Well, I would encourage you to visit my website, which is familyrenewal.org. Okay. And sign up for my email list, um, which is familyrenewal.org forward slash subscribe. Okay. Um, I send one email update a month. That's all I do. Just, you get, I'll never sell or rent your name. i just send you one email. And basically what I want to do with that specifically is I want to let you know when I'm in your area. Because mm. I speak at a lot of churches and I do conferences and seminars. All of our family renewal seminars are free. Mm. Our parenting seminars, our marriage seminars, they're all free. We never charge anybody anything for it. So um, and we, we travel all over the U.S. So I want to connect with you and let you know when I'm in your area speaking. So familyrenewal.org forward slash subscribe. I'm on uh, Facebook at forward slash Israel Wayne author, okay. forward slash Israel. Wayne, forward slash Family Renewal. I'm on Instagram at Family Renewal. I'm on Twitter, I think, at Israel Wayne. Okay. And every other social media, I'm on LinkedIn, you know, everywhere I'm on there. Just look right. up Family Renewal or Israel Wayne. My wife and I also have a podcast, if you like podcasts, um, it's called Family Renewal and it's on the ultimate homeschool radio network but it's also available wherever you listen to podcasts and just look up family renewal podcast should come up and um, we would love to be able to connect with you uh, in those ways and stay in touch
1: that's fantastic that was first thing so second thing um would you just take a minute and pray for us pray for the dads out there and bless us with what the lord's doing with you
2: let's do it awesome heavenly father we thank you that you are our example and that we know how to be good dads because of you. And Lord, we just pray that you will teach us your ways. You'll teach us to be like you. Lord, we are so not like you. Lord, only you can change our hearts. Only you can make us become who you are and who you want us to be. So Lord, we just pray you'll continue this work in us to just wean our hearts off of the things that distract us and the things that keep us tied to just this world and all the temporary lusts that are in it Lord we pray that you would draw us to yourself and help us to most importantly live out and model who you want us to be for our children that we wouldn't merely teach them but we would show them through the way we live how they should live as well and we know that that's something we can only do by your grace and by your power and so we commit to you that we want to continue to grow and Lord we just pray that you will show us your ways that we can walk in your truth We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. Israel, thank you again.
2: Thank you,
0: brother.
1: Hey there. Aaron here at Dad in the Trenches. Just want to quickly say thanks for tuning in to today's podcast. If you haven't already, do subscribe. And also, if you're on Apple, iTunes, and haven't done so, would you consider leaving a star rating and or review? really help the podcast uh, continue to get exposure and also uh, help dads find this resource if today's episode has been a blessing for you at all in any way would you also just consider sharing it with another dad the trenches might uh, benefit from it that's all for now thanks so much guys take care god bless
0: thanks for listening for more content and resources check out the website at dadinthetrenches.com or on social media at Dad in the and be sure and click on subscribe to stay up to date with new podcasts. Battle on dads. Walk out the heroic fatherhood you were called to live.